It's the Speedway Show, an idea exchange empowering us to live well, live fully, and love deeply. And now, here's our host, Speedway. Well, hi there, and welcome to the Speedway Show. The topic of our show today is keeping your vows. In a world where divorce rates are high and climbing, it is always a delight to hear of a marriage that has lasted more than five years. Even better if it's been more than ten, right? Sometimes we attribute all sorts of rosy ideals to such marriages, and indeed the longevity in itself is a remarkable accomplishment. When you hear that someone is celebrating their 10th, 15th, or 20th anniversary, you think, wow! They've made it. And phrases like happily ever after spring to mind. Today, we are going to celebrate one such marriage, and we are also going to find out what it has taken to get this far. To help me with our exploration today are Terrence and Yolanda Brandon. Terrence, welcome to the show. Hello, Speedway. Glad to be here. Yolanda, welcome to the show. Thank you. Glad to be here, too. Well, fantastic. I'm so delighted that you guys agreed to join me today. And for all of our wonderful listeners, let me hasten to tell you that we're going to talk about this, that Terrence and Yolanda have kids, and they are at home today as they are as we're taping the show. <coughs> so if you hear little kitties in the background, then, you know, we're just trying to keep it real. So let's start with the obvious question. Um, how long have you guys been married? Okay, Yolanda, how long have you been okay. married? Well, um sixteen years and this December will be seventeen. What day is your anniversary? December seventeenth. Congratulations. Thank you. So, now, you've got X number of children, Terrence. I know you've been dealing with kitties today. How many kids do you have? We have five children, actually. And they're how old? Well, our oldest, uh, Yolanda's from a previous relationship, is 22. That's my son, Roman. And then we have Jasmine, who's 15. We have Nicole, who is 12. We have Isaac, who will be 6 uh, on the 23rd. And we have Gabriella, or Gabby, who's three years old. Hmm. Okay, so so now of the five, then the four are kids from your marriage, and then Roman is from the previous relationship that Yolanda yes. had. Yes, so you've had to deal with the whole concept of blending a family together mm-hmm. on top of you know, just keeping the marriage together. So I'm curious, was that, and and I I, I don't know who's going to answer this because I'm not sure who's going to feel, you know, um, like they have the stronger opinion, but was that difficult? Because Roman, how old was Roman when you got married? I'll ask Yolanda that question. Uh, He was five years old. Oh, okay. So I would guess, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I would guess then that at that age it was probably easier to bring him into a new marriage compared to what it would have taken if he was, say, 15. Is that true, do you think? 
Um, yes and no. Um, because because it was just me and him uh, for the first four years of his life, and it was only in the last year between age four and five that he met his dad for the first time and um, started spending some time getting to know his his uh, real father at age four, all of a sudden mom is getting married at age five, and now he's got two dads. So in some ways I think it was um, kind of hard on Roman, um, just, you know, emotionally trying to figure out all these things and adult issues, you know, for a child I think is, is tough. Yeah. But, I mean, I definitely agree with you. It would have been harder if he was, you know, like maybe 10, 11, 12. He would have probably been more resistant to it. But I think maybe Terrence has a different perspective on it than me because he was um, the step-parent coming into the situation. So he might have some different viewpoints on it than me. So Terrence, what what was that like for you? It was like instant family. <clears throat> I went from being alone, and I I acquired a wife and a child at the same time. Um, but I knew what I was getting into, um, so it wasn't necessarily a problem. Um, was it I knew difficult? It was, a pa- was well, it difficult, or was it easy to establish a relationship with Roman? You know, How did he I, feel I, about you? Do you think? It, Oh, I know how he feels about me. Well, um, how did he feel about you back then? <laughs> uh, he was a little um, cautious mm-hmm. at first. Uh, he wasn't, because because of what Yolanda mentioned beforehand, other than his grandfather, he wasn't used to a consistent male presence in his life. And uh, he was also um, the favorite child. He was the baby. Mm-hmm. Um so, and so he was granted a lot of latitude in his formative years, and um, so he was just kind of um, like you'd expect him to be in that situation. Till till I happened to get him alone one time, <clears throat> and I just kind of let him know, you know, this this is going to happen, and you know, you and I are both going to have to adjust to it. And I told him a few other things that I won't say in the show, but there were things he needed to hear. <laughs> yeah. And and he he took to it like a duck to water. After that, he just you know brightened up and uh, and we've kind of been okay ever since. We haven't had I haven't had any problems with Roman. I wouldn't have if he was my biological son. Let's put it that way. Okay. So now. Uh, now that we've been married for as long as we have, the question I have, Yolanda, are you happy? Yes. I can say right now in my marriage I am happy. There are things that come up even now in our marriage that kind of makes me look back sometimes at some of the choices that I made over our marriage, you know, and some things to go, hmm, Maybe I didn't think this through really well, you know, before we decided to do this or make that decision. And, you know, I think that's kind of natural 
sometimes to look back, um, I think it can also be a dangerous thing, so I try not to do it too often, but I don't know if maybe I'm, because I'm 42, I don't know if I'm kind of going through a period where I'm kind of doing more reflection maybe um, in my life and just kind of looking back and thinking, hmm, you know, the choices I've made and, you know, what would I have done differently? You know, kind of stuff like that. But overall, I would say, yes, I am happy. Well, good. So, Terrence, we know that any marriage that's been around 16 years hasn't been all smooth, easy sailing. So what are some of the challenges that you've had either individually or as a couple? Um, well... Um, individually, I was just, because of my background, I was somewhat commitment-phobic, so I had to, to really um, do some soul-searching to, it wasn't a question of not wanting her, I had to do some soul-searching to get to the point where I could act on the decision I had made. Um and as a couple, my wife was and is very independent um, because of growing up, of course, as a single mom and having to carry, you know, all the burden on her shoulders. Um, there was, it was just difficult for a while because she wouldn't, she had difficulty relaxing and letting me help her. Okay. So I would say that was those were the the essential challenges that and and after we married, we moved to Ohio where I lived, and she was just constantly homesick so it it made for a interesting adjustment period, especially the first couple of years. Where was she from here in Minnesota? Oh okay, well, yeah, a long way from home, isn't it? mm, yeah. <laughs> okay. So now I have never spoken to any couple that claims to have all the answers. And so I'm not going to ask you for, you know, some great secret. But what have been some of the ways that you have successfully dealt with some of the challenges you faced? So, Yolanda, you are homesick. And you know you're you're now having to learn how to share the burden mm-hmm. of you know a life when you've been having to go it alone really uh, from the time that um, whenever you uh, were by yourself after Roman's mm-hmm. dad left. So how was that for you? How did you how, how do you think the adjustment went? Um. Well, I think it was tougher on parents than it was on me just because of my behavior and how he had to kind of endure um, my behavior. <laughs> I'll say it like okay, that. Okay, so you're the, one who's, you're the one who's misbehaving, so it's not so bad for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, but I think initially, because we started out as a long-distance relationship, we met, uh, when we met, um, he went back to where he his 
his home and I went back to my home. So we kind of exchanged addresses and phone numbers and we started a long distance relationship dating and that lasted for several months. And, you know, but he, Terrence is a wonderful writer and he would write these wonderful letters that were like 13, no lie, I still have them in a shoebox up in my closet. 13-page letters. I mean, this Aww. is a man who could write, and he was very romantic. So um, we became just best friends, and we would we could talk for hours on the phone, and we, you know, wouldn't repeat conversations. I mean, it was just amazing. So I think because we had that foundation that we were friends first before it went on to anything else, that is one of the main reasons that I believe that we're still together today mm-hmm. because we were able to talk things through um, even when I was, you know, crying and upset because I was so far away. And I think I had, I think I thought I was mature, but I really wasn't mature. Um, and I all, being a single mom for those five years, I relied a lot on my parents because um, I really did not know how to be a parent or what I was doing. And so I lived real close to my parents and saw them every day, and they actually helped help me take care of my son. And so I relied a lot on my parents to teach me how to be a parent. And so all of a sudden, here I'm, all these changes. I'm newly married, you know, after the big, beautiful wedding with all of our friends, we go back to Ohio, and it's like, wow, I know nobody. His mom loved me but wasn't too sure I was the best choice for her son. And then I'm trying to deal not with... Surprising look, for, not surprising yeah. for a, a, a mom. <laughs> right, and then, and then not really... Now my support system is gone because all I can do is talk to my parents over the phone, um, and back then, long distance was different than it is now. I mean, now it's, like, practically free, but, you know, back then, it, it cost money, so it was not like we were on the phone every day, and um, we didn't have internet back, you know, to be going on different sites to Skype or chat. I mean, there was nothing like that, so it was either calling on the phone or writing letters, you know, things like that, and it was like, wow, I think I was kind of, didn't have a realistic idea of how difficult it was going to be to be a new wife, um, get used to um, being a wife and having a husband and getting to know him because we didn't, you know, because of the long-distance relationship. But then it's like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm not... Even though I did move in with some friends of two girlfriends of his in Ohio for a short time before uh, we got engaged, um, it just it wasn't the same, you know, because you don't really get to know somebody until you're living yeah. with them day in and day out. So I think I think it was it it was harder on Terrence because I would have you know breakdowns and then I would have you know fits and temper tantrums because of my immaturity. Um, but I couldn't see that. 
back well, then. How so. long did you guys? How long did you date before you got married? Chance, do you remember exactly how long? Six months, but less than a year. Yeah, I think it was six to seven months that we were actually dating before we got engaged, and then a couple months we were engaged and then got married. So it wasn't, it was, I would say it was no less than a year. Close to a year, less than a year. So it was when you got married that you then moved in together. So you left Mm -hmm. Minnesota and then you moved to Ohio. Right. Yep. I, uh, I actually moved to Ohio before we got engaged because my, because Terrence and I were like, okay, well, we got to figure out if this friendship relationship is actually going to go anywhere. Is this going to turn into, can we really make this relationship work? And we felt like him being in Ohio and me being in Minnesota, it just, it just wasn't going to give us a realistic idea if, this was really going to work. So I ended up moving in with two of his uh, friends into their apartment, me and my son. And Terrence would come and visit us, you know, all the time. And we would, you know, spend a lot of time, go out different places and stuff. So, and so I was already in Ohio when we got engaged. And then we just traveled back to Minnesota for the wedding. And we had picked out a place right before we were going to get married, where we were, our apartment was going to be and everything. So we would be all ready to move into it when we, after the wedding, so we could go back. Cool. Now, you know, I have, I both of you have heard me say this uh, when the three of us have talked in the past, but I say mm-hmm. this all the time, that no marriage fails all because of one person. So when you meet someone who mm-hmm. is divorced, if all they do is blame the other spouse, you always have to be leery. So by the right. way, token, no marriage succeeds, all because of one person. So I am curious, so you've been, you know, quite honest about some of the things that in your own personality that you saw that were not particularly helpful to the relationship, Yolanda. So Terrence, I'm wondering, what was it that, um, from your perspective, when you look at your part in this relationship, and and I consider it a successful relationship, certainly for having weathered everything you've had to weather after 16 years, and just still together, and just still happy. So, Terrence, what were some of the things that you've had to overcome in your own personality in order to get this far? My own fear and immaturity, basically. I almost didn't marry her because of the fear. Uh, Did she know that? Nothing to do with her. Oh, she's heard this. Nothing to do okay. with her. Just, just my own, just my own baggage, my own issues. I I came from a broken home, and except for my grandparents, nobody nobody in my family of origin, except for a few distant cousins, had an intact marriage. They were all separated, divorced, what have you. So, so I was. Did that mean you didn't have a lot of? Um role models than to pattern after and see what a successful relationship looked like? I had only my grandparents. They were together 53 years, and he held her hand when she died. Oh. So as a result then, how did you, what, what was, so you were immature, almost didn't get married. What was yeah. it that made you go through with it? 
Uh, I came to a point where I decided she was either too good to be true or too good to pass up, and I was determined to find out which. <laughs> okay. So the goal was you had to get married in order to get there. Yeah, you, there are some things about being married to somebody you cannot forecast ahead of being married to them, no matter no matter how much time you spend with them and in what circumstances. That's why that's why statistics tell you cohabitation does not work. There's there's there are certain things because because playing house and being married are very different, and, and no matter how much you play house with somebody, that's not going to tell you what it's like to be married to them. Well, and I suspect that part of the reason cohabitation doesn't work is because, and this is my own personal bias because I've never been a a supporter of cohabitation because it doesn't work. Um, And statistics tell you that all day long, and and you and I are similar in that, you know, on the Stewa show, I like to talk about the life manual, the spiritual guide that kind of teaches you the best way to live, and you, you, the, the both of you, and I share the Bible in common. And the Bible says cohabitation is not the way to go, and I suspect it's because God already knew it wasn't going to work very well. But yeah. I, I always kind of think that when I listen to people who talk about cohabitation, it's usually because the guy doesn't want to commit to the marriage, and so. He kind of uses it as a test to say, well, you know, if if it doesn't work out, we can always break up. And the woman often looks at it as a step towards marriage, so she's thinking, well, once he sees how amazing I am and how he can't live without me, then we're going to get married. And it, it's, I think it's because one or both people have that idea that, well, if it doesn't work out, we can always leave, and it's easier to just leave. Then I think when it gets really hard, then, you know, it, it makes it yeah. easier to do that. And sometimes the roles are reversed, but but you're right. No matter who was playing what role in the cohabitation thing, the big issue is there's no commitment. They have no skin in the game. If you have no skin in the game, it's easy to bail when things get tough. Yeah. Whereas, whereas if you, especially if you follow a, a Christian tradition or some other tradition where marriage is held in high esteem and is sacred and binding, when you go into that, you have skin in the game. I I remember, I mean, I suppose it's normal, especially in the first few, especially in the first few months of marriage, to be tempted to cut and run when things get difficult. But but it always came for me. It, for me, it always came back to, now wait a minute. I stood up in a church in front of God and witnesses and swore I would not leave this woman. And nobody put a gun to my head. I made that vow in good conscience, and I intended to keep it in good conscience. So there were many times where when things were at their peak, I stayed because I swore I wouldn't leave. But God honored that. God honored that and blessed it and made a way for us to adjust to each other. And there's the keeping it real again. Um, the keeping it real. Well, yep. you know, that goes into a question, and I'm going to ask Yolanda in case you need to go and deal with the baby. But okay. um, Yolanda, you know, the the what what he was just alluding to is what I was going to ask uh, in my next question. And I uh-huh. think we kind of have the answer, which is, you know, so people hear 
long-term marriages and they assume that everything's been wonderful and you've worked out all the kinks and everything's so perfect. Mm-hmm. Have there been times where you just wanted to throw in the towel and, and just give up the whole marriage thing? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, no hesitation there. <laughs> no thought about that. And so what 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 was it that and I don't well, know if you want to talk about what was it that got you there but you know if you want to talk generally about you know sure. what is it that got you to the point where you're just like oh, this is too hard. Right. I think for me it was in in like I said earlier I've been doing a lot of like um you know reflection and and for the last couple years and some some dramatic changes have happened in the last year in our marriage and in our life um, for the better and definitely for the good. But I think I had a lot of um, unrealistic expectations um, and, you know, maybe some, for better or for worse, you look at your parents um, and their marriage to see, you know, well, this is how a man is supposed to be. And um, so for me, culturally, and, and uh, this, I think this comes up too, because culturally, you know, growing up, even in the different states, you know, Minnesota, much more outdoorsy, you know, I was, I grew up always, you know, going on lots of vacations, camping, doing a lot of outdoor activities, fishing, hiking um, with my family, with my dad. My dad's a very outdoorsy person. Um, my dad's one, of, he's very skilled at, like, being able to, like, build a house. I mean, he okay. can just, he's kind of a man's man, you know what I mean? Kind of very rugged and outdoorsy type of a guy. So I always thought, oh, well, all guys are like that. Mm-hmm. You know, and kind of being naive on my own part, you know, that's not true. Every every person has their own gifts and talents. And but I think my own immaturity and my own um realistic expectations would get in the way of that and at times I would you know, maybe be upset or frustrated that my husband did not have those type of gifts. Um, but he has so many other gifts that I had to kind of kind of reassess and revalue and say, wait a minute, what's really important in in my life and in my marriage, um, and to and to our happiness as a couple and as a family. You know, does it really matter that this person is not like my dad? You know, um, and the answer is no. But I had to, I had to kind of. It was yeah, almost like a, yeah. It was almost like, if I could say, it was almost like a grieving process that you go through to to let that image that you have in your mind, in your that idea, die and go. It's okay. It's you know, okay look at different. the one. Yeah, it's okay that it's different. Look at the wonderful person that I do have and look at his gifts instead of always looking at what he doesn't have. You know what I mean? Because you can't change that. And it's like, and then him being, like he said, him growing up, I grew up out in the country. He grew up 
you know, I grew up out on the country in the farm, and he grew up in the inner city. I'm white. He's black. I mean, this is all these different changes, all these different um, differences in our life. So that kind of compounds to the other normal, everyday situations that a married couple has to deal with. And so I think for me it was just kind of getting through that and realizing, you know what, I'm, I had to make the decision, I'm going to stick to this, rela- wait a minute, sweetheart, I'm going to stick to this relationship no matter what. I'm going to give it all I got, and I just need to get real with myself, with God, (laughs) with my husband, and just let go of any unrealistic expectations. And it's it's really hard to do. Well, that's fair enough. Well, Terrence, are you um, are you are you with me? Okay. If you have a couple that is just starting out in their marriage or they're engaged thinking about getting married. Mm-hmm. What are the, you know, however many, two or three things, one thing that you would say they should absolutely know going into it that you either were glad you knew or you wish you had known when you were starting out in this marriage? I would say early on, um, you you have to get a sense of the other person's non-negotiables and what they are, and and hopefully, and hopefully those non-negotiables are not in conflict, um, because if you have non-negotiables in conflict, you just have nothing. But take the time to see the other person in every possible situation, because. To Yolanda's eternal credit, she never sugarcoated what being married to her would be like for one moment. I got to see the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between. And I, deci- <laughs> okay. and I, deci- and I decided it was still worth it. Uh, so I guess the one thing I would say is, is get to know the other person as well as you can and count the cost because, because you know, I've heard the saying that if you think if you think being married to somebody is tough, think what being try being divorced from them. So so it was you know, it was just I mean, thankfully we had the best counseling one can get and I highly recommend premarital counseling. We had that, we spent a lot of time with each other as as alluded to earlier, we were best friends so there were no there were no taboo subjects. Each of us knows things about the other we'll probably take to our graves. But we had that transparency and that honesty in our favor. And if you find that that you can't be that transparent and that honest with the other person you're in a relationship with, it's not necessarily a deal breaker but it is something you need to pay attention to sure. and discover why that is and work through it. Makes a lot of sense. Well, Terrence, thank you very much for joining me today on the Speedway Show. My pleasure.
Yolanda, thank you for joining me today on the CUA show. Oh, thank you so much. It's really been, it's been really fun. Well, good. And uh, you guys are going to come back and we're going to talk about at least one other topic, right? Yes. Yep. Yes. Okay, fantastic. Listeners, I encourage you visit the com. We'll have some resources for you, tips and uh, articles and things that you can read to talk about uh, that will give you some ideas on how to have that successful marriage. Thank you for joining us on The Speedway Show. Visit thespeedwayshow.com for content and other episodes. Join the fan page at facebook.com slash thespeedwayshow. And follow Speedway on Twitter at the handle The Speedway Show. Until next week, live well, live fully, and love deeply.